Welcome to Tampering with Sam Amick and Joe Varden. We're joined now by Jason Quick, who covers the Portland Trailblazers for The Athletic. And for those of you who are regular listeners to the Tampering podcast that I co-host with Sam Amick, you know uh, how much uh, I both love Jason Quick as a writer and also was so pissed at him uh, in the playoffs because he just kicked all of our asses uh, throughout the entire thing. And so we're not going to go back into that. Um, instead, we're here to talk about one particular story, and the headline of the story is A Hero, Some Hope, and Deep Heartache. Why Game 3 was about more than basketball for three men. Now, what happened here is this was Jason's story after Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and the Blazers. The Warriors won the game. They went up 3-0. As we all know, that's pretty much uh, that's the end for, for the team that, that falls behind by that many games in a playoff series. Um, and this story had virtually nothing to do with the game, and, and that's what – at the start made it so good, but of course it goes much deeper than that. Um, Jason had some, some tragedy uh, befall on uh, him and, and a close friend of his and that close friend's family. Of course, um, the a man that Jason was close to died of cancer. He was a big blazer fan. Um, also uh, Myers Leonard uh, made his first start uh, I think in that series and, and he had given Jason the heads up that that was going to happen. But, but Myers had, had been just a really ridiculously good person uh, to Jason uh, throughout the entire year. Um, and then also as Jason does this, it's part of his routine and, and part of what makes him so good. And just the way he mills around before games, he had, he had talked to this, uh, to this guy who had actually stopped a school shooting in Oregon. So, all these things are are com, are converging on Jason at the same time that the Blazers lo- lose a playoff game, and he just it's it's just so good. I just I want to read uh, this to you. I realize many of you will want to read about Golden State's trapping defense and how it has frustrated Lillard and McCollum throughout the series, or you might want to read about Draymond Green's dominance in this series, or how the Golden State bench was so instrumental in Game Three. I don't have that in me, not tonight. All I have are three vignettes about life, death, and basketball, and how they might redirect your disappointment from Game 3. Well, folks, I don't know what what Jason didn't have in him, but what he had was one of the great stories of the year uh, at The Athletic, and here he is now, Jason. Uh, thanks thanks for joining us to talk about this. Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. Uh, that was a nice little summation that you did. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite stories of the year. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I just I can't say enough about it. But I want want you to start talking about it. Um, you you know, you take us through a little bit, um, just kind of where you were emotionally, and then when you decided to do this with you know with your space after Game Three. So the the morning of Game Three, I woke up and I had a text message from. Uh, Jake, my friend's sister, saying that he had passed at 3.30 in the morning. And so instantly right there, my, my day is shot. I'm in, a, I'm in a daze. I mean, we had kind of expected this. He had been in the hospital for, uh, oh, about two weeks. And he'd been battling this stomach cancer for 
for about a year, um, 13 months. And so it wasn't like a complete shock. We knew he was deteriorating. We knew he was in dire straits, but just still, when you get that text and you realize a buddy has passed, it, 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 it rattles you, it shakes you. And, uh, that stayed with me all throughout the day. And even when I went to the game, I was still kind of in this fog and, and thinking about Jake and uh, just wondering what I was even doing there. And I, and I thought about calling in work and just saying, you know what? I don't, I don't have it in me today, but I went. And one of the reasons I went was because I'd lined up a, an interview with Keenan Lowe, who was a football player at the university of Oregon, who I covered and had become fairly close to. And uh, earlier in the week, he now works at a high school and he stopped uh, a school shooting. A kid came into the classroom with a shotgun and he grabbed the shotgun and was wrestling with him uh, as the students screamed and, and left out the back door. So anyways, uh, in when you're covering the playoffs, you know this well, Joe, you know, you're looking for angles anytime. If you can have one kind of built in, uh, it's good to have in your back pocket. Uh, so that was kind of my thinking at the time was, Hey, if, if Keenan's there and I found out, uh, that, that Damian Lillard was treating him to the game that night with tickets. So I had prearranged to meet him at that game. And so that was another kind of motivation. I went, well, I, I should probably just go and, and meet with Keenan. And so I, I spent, uh, much of my pregame with him and then also, uh, had kind of been cornered by Myers. He told me that uh, he was going to start, which was a really cool moment for Myers because Myers and I had, had really, our friendship had really developed throughout the season because in December, I, I was just in a funk. Uh, part of it was just a, a new job here at the athletic. I wasn't sure how to go about and the pace of how much to write, what to write, when to write. Uh, it was just such a, a break from the normal routine of being a beat writer for a team where you're churning out stuff every day. And I, I wasn't doing that and I was feeling anxious and I just had a bunch of other stuff going on in my life. And I was, I was in a really, really bad place in December and Myers is one of the few guys on the team who generally interacts with you, you know, says hello. Hey, how was your flight? You know, what did you do for dinner last night? Just stuff like that. And, and he sensed uh, that earlier that year in December, actually it was like January, that something was going on with me. I, I wasn't my normal self. And he pulled me aside before a game and said, what's going on? Like, really, no bullshit. What is going on with you? And I kind of told him I was in this bad place. And he said, you know what? I fought that too. And so we ended up having this big conversation about depression and, uh, you know, a support circle and how important that is and how important it is to take care of yourself. And so anyways, all this, uh, trying to, it, it, this is kind of like my story. Like I, I yeah. feel like I was all over the place and, uh, to make a, a long story short, the Blazers blow a big lead for the second straight game against Golden State. It's 3-0. and uh, The series is all but over. And I plop in front of my computer, and I'm just, I, I'm just emotionally not there. 
And, but actually I was really emotionally, I was there. I was really emotional and but I had nothing on the game because it didn't interest me. It's not where my mind was. It's not where my heart was. And I think it was about 1140 at night and I still hadn't written a word. And I called one of my good friends who was uh, Jake's best friend. And I said, what would you think if I wrote about Jake? You know, would that be insensitive to his family? How do you feel about it? And he's like, quick, you got to do it. If there's anyone who's going to do it, do it. I think it'd be a great way to honor Jake. So um, Andy Clark is, is my buddy's name. And, and we sat there and I, I was in the back hallway. And I was very emotional, tearing up, talking to him. And we kind of just asked each other how we were doing. And uh, so I went back in and I, I decided, you know, that I'm just going to write this from the heart. And I think that's, if I can give a plug to the athletic, I would have never been able to write that story for a newspaper. Um, and the athletic is so great because it allows you to take chances. It allows you to peel back layers of a story and of yourself. And, uh, so anyways, I started writing and I remember Sam Amick came up to me and said, what are you writing? And I said, I don't know, but I think it's going to be this. And, and Sam had just gone through uh, a situation where someone in, uh, close to him had passed away. And he, he went to Phoenix for a funeral and we kind of talked about that. And I was, and he really, he kind of, he kind of nudged me over the top that, okay, this is going to be okay to write. And he's like, yes, you should do that. You should do that. So I just started writing and uh, I think a big thing through that game as I was kind of in a haze is I, I would just watch people in the stands and how emotional and irritated and angry and they were just losing it over this game. And I'm like, this doesn't matter. But then at the same time, I'm in the Blazer locker room and it does matter. It matters very deeply to these to these men in there. I mean, it's a, it's a big part of their lives and they, they sacrifice so much for it. So I was really wrestling with that. And I just tried to tie everything together that there are greater things than losing a playoff game. And, uh, and I don't, I don't know if I successfully did it. And I think towards the end of that, I, of my story, I was like, I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know if this, how all this ties together, but I, I tried. Well, we'll get to that. Um, the, the, the thing, so, you know, I said at the top that I wouldn't do this, but you know, I mentioned that Jason just had a dominant playoff run. And one of the stories we all remember is the way he captured the moment of Dame Lillard's shot to end game five in the first round and sort of what that meant for Rip City. And then the next one that just kind of blew you away was the Rodney Hood story, how he was a hero from one of the games. I, I think I even covered it. I can't remember which one, um, but but one of the games uh, throughout the playoffs. And, and the thing about this is, you know, <laughs> life is hard. It's harder now. Um, the, the world sucks. Like all, all that's the, go on down. P politics suck. Everything. It's almost like, the one thing we all have left, right, that we can all kind of uh, come together over is sports. And when you have something like 
game and the game five bomb and him waving goodbye to the thunder. I mean, that brings a town together. And when this guy, this Rodney hood guy, who's just been such a disappointment um, with so much talent and bounced around the league and, and he winds up in Portland and, and I mean, they, they turn to him cause they have no other choice basically. And he just comes alive and saves them. That's what makes you feel – it makes you feel good, right, that you invested all that time and you got away from it. Okay, so when you invest the same amount of time in that team and then that team loses, if you're a fan, God, it sucks. And then you feel worse about everything else, right? But then here comes Jason Quick and and he takes these three things and he weaves them together in such a way that it reminds you – of why sports really matter. It's not because of the win or the loss. Like it, yes, it matters to the guys in the locker room. You're exactly right. That's why you should play for the win, but for the people shelling out all this money and for the people looking to sports as an escape, it's not just about the win. It's about the ability to relate and who among us hasn't had a friend die and who among us hasn't had another friend, maybe even someone you didn't think was coming out, coming that would come to, to help you who does and um and then who among us ha- hasn't admired a just a, a an everyday man or woman in the crowd who turns out to be a hero and the way that you brought all that together i mean it really it, i think it hit home for just about everybody whether you're in the game like we are uh, as reporters or players themselves or or you're not and you're just a fan i i think you really drove home this this point don't you it's so weird for me to to talk about this story because I, I said this even at the at our NBA summit in Vegas for the Athletic that when I wrote that story and turned it in, I was embarrassed because I felt like I whiffed and uh, and I was just so emotionally exhausted. I remember telling my editor Rob Peterson that I wouldn't be offended if you don't publish this because one of my greatest weaknesses is, is one I'm. I'm terribly insecure about what I write all the time. I never think it's good. And uh, that kind of manifests into this, don't, don't write, don't publish this. This is terrible. And so I I really felt that that night. Um, And so it's weird for me to really talk about it because I didn't feel like I nailed it. And I, I didn't feel like, I didn't know if it would resonate with people, but but you're right in that uh, a, a big thing through sports, I think, that we seek and that we really desire is a connection and a, a relatability to not only to the um, athletes and the coaches, but to our fellow fans and, and the people we experience these games uh, with. And if I was able to help form that connection or you know, offer a different perspective, then, then that's very gratifying. And and I got a, a ton of great response. I was blown away by it. Um, but I, I think that's kind of, especially as I've gotten older, the lens that I've looked at covering the Blazers through is one, I, I want people to know these guys and especially that group, that team was awesome. Uh, very, very good people, very accessible um, willing to open up and tell their stories, which is half the battle when, 
when you're covering a team is you need people who are accessible and, and are willing to reveal themselves. Um, so I, I want to share their stories. I want people to know them and I want people to relate to them. And I think that just being in this market in Portland for, for so long, I know that that's what this fan base wants. They don't, the Blazers are, are more than just a team here. It's, it's a great part of this town and the state's identity. Um, and, and they want to feel close to them. They, you know, if, if you're part of this fabric of the Blazers as a player, they refer to you as your first, through your first name, you know, it's Clyde, Buck, Terry, uh, Duck. It, it, it's never Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, Jerome Kersey, you know, Kevin Duckworth. It's it's a first name basis. It's Dame, CJ, and it, it's a really cool dynamic, I think, in Portland. I think it exists in other towns as well throughout the NBA, but I, I think it just runs a little deeper here in Portland. And so, there's a responsibility or a desire for me to help that connection uh, with these players and, and the community. And um, I don't know, it, it's uh, I don't always succeed in it, but it, it's kind of always been my goal. And I, I hope that that story um, kind of maybe help recalibrate some people's, uh, you know, feeling and their vision after that loss. Well, <laughs> I, I don't want to gloss over this and I actually, uh, I, I'm going to kind of do that. Um, but I just, <laughs> you know, what you did sharing your own story was, was very courageous. Um, you know, anytime that we can have somebody who's in the public spotlight at all, um, at, at all, and, you know, just even a sliver who can, who can talk, uh, with with confidence and authority about about dealing with uh, some mental health or depression issues, um, which we all have. Uh, like we, we, no one should act like they don't deal with that at some level because they do. Um, but it's courageous uh, to to put it out there, and and so thank you for that. Um, but like I said, I'm glossing over that. Uh, I want you to tell us about Jake and the media <laughs> guy. Well, one of the great things about Jake was uh, he. he Loved the old school Blazers. Um, the Blazers before I even moved to Oregon. I, I, I got to Oregon in December of 79 and didn't really start be, to become a, or follow the Blazers until the mid 80s. But so he was huge on telling me about Jim Paxson, who was his favorite player and how he would run people through screens and run all around and, uh, and ended up getting a layup and fat lever, Wayne Cooper. He, he was a great resource about the old school blazers. And, uh, and, and so we'd have all these debates about who was better, you know, uh, was Terry Porter's way better than Paxson. And he'd be like, well, I don't know. And then, so I'd, I'd get my media guide out and we'd look at stats and compare all that. And, uh, so eventually one year I, I just gave him, I, I got an extra media guide and I gave it to him and it became a staple in his house. And he, and he usually kept it in his bathroom, <laughs> uh, for his reading material. But, you know, every time I'd be over there, invariably we'd get in some argument or we want to see where Lillard 
you know, if he has a regular year this year, where's he going to jump up on the, on the record, on the record books and he'd get out the, the media guide. And, uh, at any rate, it, it became so tattered from use and being thrown around and all that. And that I was always supposed to get him a new media guide. And, uh, and I never did. And that, that breaks my heart that, uh, I never followed through with that. Um, but it, it was just, it was kind of a symbol of our, our blazer connection and how we would just sit there. And I mean, we'd go through beer after beer and go, all right, who's better, this guy or this guy? And we'd compare stats and, or we'd go back and relive seasons where, you know, cause in the blazer media guy, it lists every game of every season and who was the leading scorer and all that. And we'd, remember our re- and reflect on uh, our memories of, of those seasons or those times. And uh, it was really cool. So this is how the story ends. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you guys at the start, I'm going to take out uh, the graph in between that, that does talk a little bit about basketball. Uh, but the story ends this way. He says, Jason says, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm too exhausted, too sad, too empty. And then there's this part about the basketball, about Dame and CJ not shooting well. And, and then he says, but sometimes winning isn't everything. Sometimes it's about the process and how it bonds us, helps us through tough times, and eventually shapes us. On Saturday, during the course of a basketball game, I saw a good man get rewarded for his perseverance. I saw a brave man honored for his courage. And I miss my little buddy who needs a new media guide. Can't think of a better way to end this pod here, end this episode than, than on that. And Jason, I just, again, I, I thank you for your time today and for writing this story and for not trying too hard to get your editors to kill it. <laughs> well, again, this is, this is why I love The Athletic is because it allows us writers to take chances like this. And it, um, I think it, it, it really opens up and, and gives us a chance to to try new things and to uh, peel back the stiff and stuffy traditional way of covering a game. And I, I would have never been able to write this at any other place I worked. So I'm internally grateful for, for the athletic, for um, allowing us to, to do this type of stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jason Quick.